Welcome to In The Frame. During your visit you may be met with explicit language and references, and spoilers throughout. You have been warned. Hello, welcome to In The Frame. We are the opinion nobody asked for, and this week we're going to be talking to you about Fight Club. I'm Rodeo, I'm going to be your host today, and as usual I'm joined by Dan, Sam and Will. So, Dan, do you want to give us a quick synopsis for Fight Club? Can I just say you just broke the first rule of Fight Club? Oh, shit. There's an office worker that has a bit of a midlife crisis and it ends up getting slightly out of hand. That kind of sums it up, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love this film. It's one of my favourite films. I think it's a postmodern masterpiece. So what was everyone's mm. first impressions? First impressions. I'm uh, impressed by the postmodern thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well smart, me. I'm not. I'm not even sure I know what that means. I can define it for you. <laughs> no, I'm using right. theories from Jean Baudrillard. I'm pronouncing that wrong. Well, first impressions <laughs> gone. It's fucking amazing. I was trying to think of some cons for it when when we when I was watching it, and it was pretty fucking hard. Great editing, great acting. Script is amazing. I keep saying amazing. Well, it is amazing. Because it is. Yeah. I was trying to find some cons with it as well. Yeah. While watching through it, I was like, there's got to be something we can bitch <laughs> yeah. about with this film. But... I think there's nothing I don't like about it. I just love it. It's uh, it's also got meatloaf in it, which is, you know. It's got meatloaf and Jared Leto. Yeah. It's, it's got meatloaf in a fat suit made out of birdseed. Exactly. And I would like to point out the, uh, the quotable thing about meatloaf. Bob has bitch tits. Yeah. Love it. Great quote. What was your first impression, Sam? I'm trying to remember the first time I watched the movie because it was a long time ago and I've seen it like 15 times or something since. But it's just it's just a roller coaster. The entire the entire movie you're just playing catch up and it's amazing. And then when that moment happens that everybody always talks about, you just, you just can't believe it. And then instantly watch it again straight afterwards. I've never come across a film that's had this much rewatchability. Mm, so good. True. Which yeah. is really impressive because of the massive twist as well. Mm. I watched it for the first time, I think about six months ago. All the way through, you're thinking like, well, I don't really know how these two are connected or whatever, but the only reaction that I could actually sort of fathom at the end was just sort of mind, mind blown. blown. It flopped at the box office as well. I know it did. Yeah, bad reviews is... from all of the major critics. They're just I'm jealous. Surprised by that. Yeah, it's become a cult classic. They're jealous. Yeah, they're jealous. They're not that awesome. No one likes critics. Everyone loves Fight Club. Rewatching it again though, there was one thing I picked up on that I, haven't picked, that I didn't pick up on the first time I watched it, which was that the soundtrack is really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of electronic well. beats going on that just really work with the pacing of the movie. It really adds a lot to the tone. I really Sums enjoyed that. The '90s up pretty well. Mm. well. I think Finch is always really good at actually working in awesome music to his films. Mm. Yeah, I think that's something he's done with every film I've seen by him. And this is early on in his career as well. Well, we're not going to talk about Alien Three, but <laughs> so if you think of this as his second movie, just straight after Seven. Like, what a, like, second movie to release. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Must be well chuffed. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone, I'm not going to say guess because that's impossible, but did anyone have, like, an inkling of the twist before it happened the first time you watched it? Not a clue. No. No. And it's so annoying watching it the second time <laughs> because they tell you exactly what the twist is within the first, what, 30 seconds of the film. Like, all throughout the film, they're actually yeah. telling you exactly what's happening, but, of course, you don't. Realise. Oh, when I watched it for the second time, that really dogged me off. <laughs> <laughs> there is a big thing with advertising in this movie, though. 
Mm. that a lot of people have criticized a lot of the time you think it's kind of a joke it's meant to be kind of like satire but at the end of the day they're still advertising a lot of products in this movie and i I think it's it's being self-referential by doing that because a big theme in this film is Mm -hmm. kind of simulacra and the fact that everything is a copy of a copy of a copy so everything is mass produced it's like there's that quote about the um the little glass bowls that all have the bubbles and the imperfections imperfections yeah so you know that they're handmade by the people of wherever. But they could have made up brands and used them. The fact that they use real ones, still people think it's kind of pandering to an extent. And then you do wonder where the budget for this movie came from. As I say, they need to make the money somehow. Yeah, there's one shot in particular which is just not necessary at all, which is of the giant Pepsi machine when he's running down the corridor. The framing is on him running down the corridor and it just pans out slightly so you can see the Pepsi machine as he runs past it. (laughs) It's not really necessary. I just feel like moments like that, if you you do look at it, you're just like, this is a lot of advertising. I don't know. I I still think that's a a really interesting part of the film. I think it's woven in really nicely. And the fact that it's so self-referential and it's something that is talked about throughout the film, I just think... If it didn't have that in it, it wouldn't be complete. Like it's kind of, it's Mm. ironic that it's in there. And I think that really lends to the tone of the film, really. Interesting. Going back to what you said, what was, was Sinatra? Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Uh, I said simulacra or simulacrum. Is that what you mean? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Who's that? that? Okay, so simulacra is basically an image or representation of someone or something without a substance. So it doesn't have any qualities of the original, really. It's just, it is purely a copy of a copy of a copy. So it's lost all meaning. Uh, it's just something. It quite. Exactly. It's something just mass produced. You know, that's why I referenced the glass bowls with the imperfections. They're just mass produced and they've lost all meaning because the fact that they're made by the people of wherever is irrelevant. They're just a mass produced piece of crap. Um, and so our feelings towards them, they're like simply fed to us by our rapid media consumption. How long ago did you write this essay? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, it's like serious nihilistic shit. <laughs> that's some that's some clever shit right there. I mean yeah. when, when we turn up and host this, we're just like, yeah, turn up. Yeah, it's a good film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk. She's got fucking notes. No, don't tell them I have notes. I want them to think I'm naturally clever. <laughs> it's not notes, it's an essay, mate. <laughs> no, no, it is notes. They've got subheadings. I've got nihilism, bricolage, pastiche, simulacra. My notes don't have paragraphs. They have like maybe one line of text and then the picture. <laughs> I want to talk about the fights. There's fights in it? <laughs> like, come on, even the narrator references that sound of skin slapping against the floor. Yeah. It's it's very visceral. It's really cool. The, the, the fight sequences are really realistic. Yeah, they are. They're that's, brutal. That's, that's because mm. the first fight sequence where Brad Pitt first says, I want you to punch me in the face. Mm. That was real. Yep. Fincher told Ed Norton to just punch him in the face. And he didn't tell Brad Pitt that that was going to happen. Oh, not Brad. I know. He missed as well. Yeah, I know. He punched him in the ear. So, I mean, that was improv which was fun. I think it really adds to that scene. When you know that and you watch it back, you can actually tell that it's real. Yeah. The way he reacts, I think, is really cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's another thing. It's actually a really funny film, as well as being really clever and brutally nihilistic. Like the bit bit when Brad Pitt's having a go at everyone. Mm. he's saying that they're all telling like there's too many people there they're obviously breaking the rules of fight club and then and then after that he's like you have a homework assignment we'll start a fight with some stranger and then after that it's all quite comedic but oh, they're trying so to funny. start fights with people that was great yeah, yeah when he's like spraying the priest guy with the hose on the yeah, street yeah. that's hilarious <laughs> and he sounds like brilliant and then there's the uh the classic line slide penguin <laughs> love the penguin yeah hmm. i was gonna say the cgi in the film was like really good like really well done or all the bits where 
the camera shoots down to underground. Yeah, or like, like the sex movement. scenes in it as well. They're like, yeah, that, that that's some like hardcore special effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty good. That was some edgy shit. That's though. like the most stylized sex I've ever seen. Sex. Pixar go X rated. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you said about the um, fight scenes and sound design for the fights are really realistic. I thought overall the sound design was so detailed and really gritty. Textured. Yeah, yeah. I thought mm. it was really well done. I really like how the narrator's voice is so monotonous and then you have that layered over all of the kind of really textured sound design mm. that kind of just makes a really interesting dynamic. Were you trying to guess who's going to win when you were watching the fights? No, because no. it's not about who wins and loses, as the narrator says. It's about getting sleep. Yeah, it's about, you know, being in the moment and feeling feeling anything. <laughs> yeah, remember when we're not in a fight, the whole rest of the world, sort of the sound just turns itself down. Yeah. yeah have you so... ever been in a fight, Dan? No. I've been in you a fight. You wouldn't understand. No, no. I want to fight. It's all about the casting. Casting in this movie is amazing. Fucking love the casting. Spot on. I really like uh, when Tyler Durden is like wandering around doing a speech in the house and he says the word rock stars in part of this speech and at that moment he happens to look directly at Jared Leto. Jared Leto just, just has a hard time throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he really struggles. Bless him. I mean, to be fair, it's not as bad as, as uh, Meatloaf. I don't know if you noticed in that scene, there is uh, that is one of the moments where they do make a mistake. They bring him in, they go, someone shot Bob. They bring him on a table and he's just like, this guy has a name. And uh, and then the guy who said someone shot Bob or the guy next to him says, uh, we don't have names in Project Mayhem. Uh, but they yeah. literally call him Bob when they bring him onto the table. Well, maybe they're uh, just kind of shitting themselves after that, like, shit, Tyler's going to fucking kill us now. Or, well, yeah. no, it's not going to kill them. He's just going to cut off their balls. Yeah, I love the cult vibes. When I, when I first watched it, the first time I watched it, I kind of felt like there was going to be something a bit weird and unexpected about it. I don't know why I thought that, but for some reason I thought that Helena Bonham Carter's character was going to be like imaginary or something. I thought that as well. Yeah, I, I thought she yeah. was going to be the make-believe one. Yeah, I thought she wasn't real. I hadn't like heard anything about anyone not being real. I just kind of thought she wasn't going to be. Yeah. Because I think she's kind of presented in a really interesting way. She seems... Like she's not part of the rest of the world in a way. I was just surprised at how much soap they actually fit into the movie. <laughs> when I saw the cover, I was like, it's going to be about soap or what? And there was actually loads of soap in the There's movie. so much soap. And it's, it's pretty cool soap. Nice, nice bar of soap. Would you use that soap? <laughs> um, well, apparently it's the best. Apparently. Yeah. But would you use it knowing <clears throat> that it's made of like... I feel like this fat. argument could be made for a lot of household items. Yeah, you that's know. true. <laughs> <laughs> What you what you were saying about Helen Bonham Carter's character, I like, agree with you because when she's walking across the street, she's just like casually walking, mm. and all the traffic is avoiding her and stuff. It kind of seemed like she was not really there. Yeah, but I know he says that she's you know you know doesn't give a shit. Well, I mean she's like she's so completely self destructive. Yeah, that yeah, she doesn't give a shit at all. She tests fate and she doesn't care. I think it's probably just the fact that we're kind of seeing everything in this film through this guy's viewpoint. And he's kind of idolised her in a weird way, despite the fact mm. that he kind of hates her, or mm. one half of himself kind of hates her. Yeah. Oh, there's the bit where um, Brad Pitt's in the bath. Yeah, Ed, Ed Norton's um, doing his nails, you know, cutting them ready for the fight. No, he's he's um, putting plasters on his hands. Or something, and yeah. Like, and Brad Pitt's him. just like complaining about women. And he's like, I wonder if another woman is really what we need. And he looks yeah. over at Ed Norton and puts the flannel over his head and leans back. And then you have like the constant references to, you know, is that what a man looks like? You know, when you have all the, the Gucci adverts mm. and stuff like yeah, that on yeah. the bus and things like that. There's a little, there's a little theme thro flowing through, yeah. But then if it is just him. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's, that's what you can read into. Is yeah. it gay if you have sex with yourself? Exactly. What's the quote? 
You know the quote oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. self-improvement is masturbation. masturbation. That's it. Yeah. I've now got a great comeback for when a life coach tries to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how this film is kind of just an amalgamation of so many different genres and different things. I think it's probably very intentional because it's kind of mirrored in everything we see around us because everything we see is kind of just an amalgamation of different bits of advertising and different things that are a certain way because of what media says to us. So I really like the way they've kind of combined different things in the film to mirror that. I mean, one of my favourite moments is is that plot twist. And I love the narration over that sequence. It's just amazing. Where he's, um, you know, mimicking all of the aeroplane stuff that happened earlier on in the movie. Mm. So he wakes up one morning and Brad Pitt's not there anymore. Sad times. So he finds a load of old ticket stubs in, in a drawer and basically ends up traveling around America to try and find out where Tyler has gone. He even says he feels like he's chasing the invisible man. He gets to one place and there's a guy behind the bar who's clearly been in a lot of fights. And um, he references the narrator as Tyler and his head starts to spin. And he uses the line, fasten your seatbelts and please put your seat to the upright position. You know, like planes ready to take off. Yeah. And then he runs into the room and Brad Pitt appears, you know, so chill, shaved head. And he sat there and he's just like, basically, we're the same person. And then you hear that, that like, we've just lost cabin pressure. There's such mm. a clever way of revealing a plot twist. I think that is the best plot twist reveal I've ever seen in any film. I agree. Fully agree. And then the, the best thing about it is the movie actually gets better. Yeah. After you know. I feel like Brad Pitt disappears because the narrator is kind of becoming more like the Tyler Durden side of himself. So up until that point, he starts off being really chill. He's the kind of office worker, Ikea kind of personality. With the midlife crisis. With the midlife crisis. And then throughout the film, up until the point Tyler disappears, he's kind of getting more and more like Brad Pitt's version of Tyler. This all happens just just around the time that they do the car scene, just after Bob dies. Mm. And that's where you can see that he, he actually just gives in. He lets go of the wheel. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's that same... That same night, the next morning, Tyler's gone. Yeah. I love the part where he goes to the police station. He's finally just given up. He's given in. He realised what he's done. And then you sit around the table and the police are like, admire your courage, sir. Really like what you're doing. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, everybody. Yeah. yeah. An impending sense of hyper-reality builds. And you have that amazing music choice at the end. And, and the building's exploding and that, that just great final line that just sums up the whole movie. You met me at a really weird time in my life. So good. Mm. So good. <laughs> <laughs> the of destruction. Mm. But on the topic of quotes, there are some amazing ones in this movie. I love the one where he first actually speaks to Marla and uh, she finishes off his sentence for him, you know, when they're like pretending to hug. Mm. And he's just like, what are you getting out of this? He's just like, the thing is with people, when people know they're dying and she finishes the line, they actually really listen instead of waiting for their turn to talk. Pretty profound. I think that's another reason I, the first time I watched it, I wondered if she was just a figment of his imagination. Because mm. he kind of seemed like he needed an imaginary friend. You kind yeah. of got that sense even the first time you watched it. Yeah. I another quote from Marla was when she's walking down the street and Ed Norton comes out of the taxi to see her and she just goes, here comes another avalanche of bullshit. Yeah. So good. Awesome. It's one of my favourite lines in the movie. I mean, it just it just constantly hits crescendo, so you just can't, you just never get a chill moment in this movie. Mm. So it do is. you think Fight Club could actually happen in real life? It's a middle finger to society, so it's, I think it's what a lot of people would want to happen. Whether is, it would whether it get to the point where it would get this far, it's debatable. 
Is it one of those things where everyone kind of wishes it would happen a little bit, but no one actually wants to do anything about it? Well, I don't want to stand outside someone's house for three days just so I can get bed. Yeah, no, fuck bollocks that. to that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I think it's interesting how everyone loves Fight Club so much, and yet it completely challenges our whole existence, really. I mean, it's kind of basically saying everything we do and everything we own and the things we strive for in life are bullshit. So it's interesting that everyone kind of loves Fight Club so much and obviously relates to it to a degree. Do you mean it's like kind of contradicts itself? No, not, no, I don't think it contradicts itself. I think it's we contradict ourselves by yeah. loving it so much and yet live with our creature comforts and all that kind of thing. Like even Even after watching the film... Uh, saying how all this furniture, how the, all these possessions and that are just bullshit. You don't need them. You emptied your house then? No. <laughs> <laughs> and people really love the film. We still sort of want more of that stuff, don't we? So. Well, yeah, I mean, the film is kind of saying that as a society, we kind of lull ourselves into a, a false sense of comfort and fool ourselves that our lives have meaning simply because we can't accept it doesn't actually have meaning. And... We're just living in complete futility. But, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm comfy, so that's fine. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of my comfy chair. Cool. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of awesome films in the world. I think this is this is one of them. So uh, Die Hard is another. Very true. Fuck but yeah. um, what's everyone's awesome factor? Awesome factor. Out of five still, yeah? Yeah, yeah six. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be more serious and give it a five out of five. <laughs> what are you guys easily a five easily yeah. this is the one time when i might actually agree with sam and go with six yeah fair play i'd give it a six if i could so yeah we'll play it safe should we all Shut just up. give it a six fine should we give it a six out of five <laughs> six out of five six out of five awesome overall rating yeah it's easily a 10 out of 10 for me i think there's nothing i don't like about it it's funny self-referential very intelligent and challenging and just freaking awesome and so watchable. Just freaking love it. It's 10 out of 10. Am I going to watch it again now? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a 10 as well. Definitely up there with Incredibles 2. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In terms of an overall rating, I don't think it's going to drop below a 10 for us, really, is it? Uh, I thought it was actually, yeah, it was fucking amazing. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So it got the perfect score. Well done, yep, Fight Club. Round tenor. We've come for that time of the show where it's. Uh, it's time for Dan to make an appearance. Dan shit impressions. Slide. 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 Slide, motherfucker. <laughs> cool. So uh, thanks for joining us this week for our review of Fight Club. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe because we release new episodes every single Friday. Available on YouTube, iTunes and Sounds SoundCloud. Like Hit the notification bell. Drop us a comment if there's any films you'd like us to talk about. And you never know. We might even do it one day. But yeah, that's all from us. Toodle pip. Teddy bye. <laughs>